We are far from the top of the food chain. This world is a strange one. During the early summer of 1764, a real life horror story began. A young woman is killed and partially eaten in a small village in France. Over the next few years, hundreds would be killed and those that survived gave terrifying reports of a strange creature. They said it was like a wolf the size of a cow, a wolf that could stand on its hind legs when it liked. Today, we know that creature as the Beast of Gévaudan. Was it a werewolf? Could something like that happen today? Well, according to these allegedly true stories, it could happen at any second because even to this very day, people are seeing werewolves. Before we start, I want to hear your true Japanese ghost stories. If you've got one, send it over to me at deathbyfear.com and consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash darknessprevails to unlock some creepy goodies. Now, before you open that front door to step outside, you better make sure there's not a full moon in the night sky. Number one, Window Stalker, submitted by John R. I live in Brazoria County, which is just south of Houston, Texas. This happened about two years ago when I was a sophomore in high school. One night, I was on my laptop looking up videos. I was lying on my bed, which was right beside my window. And at the time, the window only had a blanket covering it up because the window had no glass or screen. Around two o'clock in the morning, I heard a dog-like panting outside and a crunching sound coming from right outside my window. Naturally, this creeped me out because whatever it was, it could just move the blanket out of the way to get to me. That blanket always gave me nightmares. After a while, I thought it was a dog since there were a lot of stray dogs in the area. Nothing else happened for around two months when I suddenly heard the thing again. On this night, it was around 50 degrees outside or so and I tried to cover up the window as much as possible to keep out the cold air. Suddenly, the sound stopped and there was literally no noise at all from anywhere. I caught myself just staring into my laptop with my back to the window. Then somehow, the cold air found its way in through my blanket. When I turned, the blanket had been moved out of the way by a furry hand. All you could see is darkness outside my window. Then the panting started again. I watched as the hand continued to open the blanket wide as the thing behind it was ready to crawl through. Did it know I was there? Was it trying to get in at me? Questions pumped through my brain as I sat there completely petrified. I only moved when a hulking form began to push through the blanket. Something was coming inside. I jumped away from my bed, away from that window, and I screamed. Whatever this thing was, it was at least seven feet tall with mangy fur and glaring eyes, and the head was like that of a wolf, or maybe similar to a German shepherd. It was about halfway into my room when I realized there was a Lee-Enfield rifle under my bed 
that I used for hunting. With my heartbeat rapidly increasing, I grabbed my gun. In my panic, I clumsily tried to load the thing, but with my whole body trembling, I couldn't. So I did the only other thing that I could do. I raised the butt of the gun, then I brought it down hard on the blanket with the creature still underneath it. The beast yelped in pain, then flinched back and out of the window. I heard footsteps outside as this thing was running away. Confident that I'd scared it away, I opened the blanket and looked through my window. In the darkness outside, I could barely make out the shape of the creature. It wasn't a dog and it wasn't a wolf. It wasn't even a person, but it was something in between. It was furry and massive, standing on hind legs as it ran inhumanly fast into the tree line. After this experience, everyone I told the story to just laughed at me and no one would believe what happened. And that's painful to say the least, because what if they were in my situation? What if this creature came for them? If they'd listen, they could be prepared. I didn't sleep in that room again until my parents replaced the window with reinforced glass. I would not go back in that room with simply a blanket separating me from that thing in the woods. I don't want to say it's the dogman or werewolf, but I do know what I saw, and I feel like calling it anything else would be lying. What I saw that night proved to me that the legends we're told as children have far more truth than we think. Number two, The Rougarou, submitted by Warning Page Gaming. The legends of the Rougarou, or Loop Guru, have been passed down from generation to generation for as long as Louisiana has been inhabited by modern man. And my family passed these stories down to me, stories they swore to the grave were very, very true. The Rougarou are closely related to the European version of the werewolf, but there are a few very distinct differences from the wolfmen seen in movies and on television. You see, wolves aren't native to Louisiana, so many times the beast in the story is replaced with other animals, such as dogs, pigs, or cattle, and they generally appear as being pale white in color. But more often than not, the Rougarou appears as a wolf-like creature. As the stories I've been told go, the Rougarou will wander the streets at night, searching for a savior amongst the crowds of people. It will run through and cause havoc to each individual until somebody eventually shoots or stabs the creature. With the first drop of blood drawn in the dying blow of the beast, it will then turn back into a human and reveal to its attacker its true name. Rougarou attacks usually go down in the smallest villages of Louisiana. Because of this, the Rougarou is often already known by its killer. Before the dying Rougarou takes his last breath of life, he will warn his savior that he mustn't mention a word of the incident to anyone for one full year, or he too will suffer the same fate. He will become the Rougarou. Parents often tell these tales to children who misbehave, warning them that if they don't straighten up, they will be visited by the Rougarou in their bed come nightfall. One story that I was told over and over as a child, one that I very much believe to this day, 
It tells the account of a boy who encountered the beast while on his way home from a night out with friends. As the boy was walking along alone, a large white wolf-like creature was following behind him, nipping at his heels and antagonizing the boy to attack it. Finally, out of fear and irritation, the boy took out his knife and slashed the dog open. And at that point, the beast then turned back into a man. In this case, the Rougarou told the boy how he had sold his soul to the devil to gain prosperity, but he was tricked and changed into the beast instead. As the curse demands, he warned the boy of the penalty of mentioning the events that had taken place, but the boy couldn't resist bragging about his victory over the beast. So he repeated the story to several friends, and the boy began to disappear from his room at night. None of his friends or family could find him anywhere until the following morning, at which point he would appear back in his room with no explanation or memory of where he had been. This went on for about a year until one morning his body was found lying in the street. The police claimed it was most likely suicide, but friends and family of the boy knew there would soon be a new Rougarou roaming the streets. Anyone who has ever lived in a small town knows that no story can be kept secret for long, not even the tale of the Rougarou. Number three, Stalked by the Dogman, submitted by Kenny B. I'm a 23-year-old guy from upstate New York, and I live in a pretty secluded area. One night after finishing up dinner, I was cleaning up the kitchen and was getting ready to take out the garbage. It was well past dark, and my property is surrounded by woods. That may seem creepy to some, but these nighttime routines outside didn't bother me. If anything, it was very peaceful. As I was taking out the garbage, I had to walk from the front of the house to the back. As the plastic wheeled can was located in the backyard, I had with me my military grade LED flashlight so I could see nearly everything in the pitch black night. Once I reached the backyard, I had a very eerie feeling that something wasn't right, that I was being watched. It was too quiet and the woods were dead still, which was completely the opposite of what it was like every other night. I then suddenly heard a branch on the ground snap not too far from me. I didn't think anything of it since there are a lot of deer on my property and a few feral cats. I decided I needed to make this quick so I threw the full trash bag into the can and I proceeded to turn around, where I then heard loud growling. This really startled me because I knew then it wasn't some deer. I pointed my flashlight in the direction of the growls and what I saw next will forever haunt me. There, peering out from behind a large pine tree about 15 yards away was a pair of glowing yellow eyes I could see the outline of the figure, a tall, upright figure, staring at me. Its fur was a matted gray. It had pointed ears on top of its head and a long dog-like snout. Its arms were long with human-like hands at the end. Its body was very muscular 
and its knees bent the way a human's do, but its feet were more like paws. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I don't think I wanted to believe. Panic set in fast, and I bolted back around the front yard and back into my house, slamming and locking the door. I wasn't sure if the thing had followed me or if it had chased me, but stubbornness got the better of me because I went for my gun safe and I grabbed my Colt 45 1911 and I went back outside in an attempt to kill that scary creature that was threatening me. I waved around the flashlight in my right hand through the woods while walking all the way around my house with my gun in my left hand. Although the woods were still calm and eerily quiet, I was on edge the entire night. I didn't sleep very well and I didn't go to sleep at all until a few hours later. I still get chills when I think about it, that that creature could still be lurking beyond my walls at any moment. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number four, A Real Werewolf, submitted by Josie G. This happened literally just a few weeks ago. I still struggle to sleep at night, and it's a challenge for me to even go outside when it's beginning to get dark. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'm 19 years old. Before this, I didn't believe in anything paranormal or supernatural, and honestly, I laughed at those that did. Me and two of my friends were on our way to Wisconsin Dells a city full of water parks here in my state. It's about a two to three hour drive from Milwaukee. We wanted to stay there for two nights and then come home afterwards. So we left on a Friday. We got there and everything was fine. We had fun swimming. We went on a bunch of water slides. We stayed up watching cheesy movies. We went out to a club near our resort. It was super fun. But then came Sunday. We had to leave the resort at about six and we were on our way home. About an hour into the drive, my friend asked us if we wanted to smoke some weed. We said yes and we were basically in the middle of nowhere. 
On the Wisconsin Dell, we passed lots of farms and huge fields and small woods. We were by a forest at this point, connected to a huge field. So we parked our car and found a log not too far from the car to sit down at. When we sat down, my friend then said, oh, crap, I don't think I packed it before we left. And honestly, I was pissed because I really needed a smoke and it was getting dark and we had already walked all the way out here. So I asked if we should just start walking back to the car, but they said they both wanted to stay and just look at the sky for a while. It was a clear night and out here, it was peaceful. You could see many more stars than we usually could. I really didn't want to stay, but after seeing the stars up in the sky, I agreed. After about two or three hours, we stopped hearing all the bugs making noise around us. It was like their noises began to fade out. It was crazy, like one second you hear so many woodland noises, and the next second, nothing. I was beginning to get creeped out, so I said we should probably get going now. And after trying to convince them to leave for two more minutes, they finally agreed. We began to get up and get our things that we brought out there when we heard this howl. It was a sound unlike anything I've ever heard before. It didn't sound like a wolf's howl you hear in the movies, and it sounded nothing like the coyotes I've heard before. This was a far different matter entirely because it sounded deep, it sounded guttural, like some demonic voice was yelling at the sky. And the scariest part was how loud it was. It sounded so close. I mean, when we heard it, it was so loud, I could have swore I felt the ground shake below us. As soon as we all heard that howling, we turned in the direction of the noise, petrified. As the noise died down, we all looked at each other, scared as we've ever been, and we silently agreed that we needed to run. We ran about halfway to the car when we heard footsteps running in front of us, but they sounded massive. If this was a person in front of us, they were fast and they had to have been about 500 pounds. We heard branches breaking as this thing tore them apart in its path. We all stopped realizing that for the past few seconds, we had been running towards that thing I stopped and looked around. While my friends were already running the other way without me, I was pissed. I ran so fast, I was afraid at any second I was going to run into a tree. Even still, that huge creature kept pace with us and I could hear its footsteps in the woods around us. I was so scared that I could feel tears running down my face while I ran. We were getting close to the field when I suddenly heard the footsteps from this creature Stop. At the end of the woods, I saw my friends with their phone lights on, pointed at me, signaling me towards them. So I ran in their direction and they sounded very concerned. They apologized for leaving me in the dust like that, but I rolled my eyes saying, can we just get out of here before it comes back? They nodded. We began walking back to the woods from a different angle because there was no other way to do it safely. The nearest house or farm was probably a good two hour walk. As we were getting close to the woods, we all stood there in fear. We were completely frozen by what we saw. There was a huge figure that looked to be a very muscular and unnaturally tall man, but its arms were far too long 
and they were at least seven or eight feet tall. I was too scared to move. When the moonlight reflected from its eyes, they glowed an eerie blue color. I knew better than to believe that this was some person. The shape of the thing, it was just all wrong. For the longest 10 seconds of my life, we all stood there staring at each other, us to the beast and the beast back at us. Suddenly, it let out a very loud scream, just like the howl from before. The voice was so unreal that it sounded fake. It sounded demonic. It was loud, so loud that I felt it vibrate in my chest. Then another noise boomed from the woods. It was a gunshot. And as soon as it sounded, the thing's ears pointed up and it leapt so high that it disappeared into the canopy. But we stayed still for another half minute. We weren't able to move, no matter how much we wanted to. Then finally, simultaneously, we all bolted for the car, tears coming down my face still. After running for what felt like an eternity, we got back to the car and jumped in, and as I turned on my car and the headlights came on, I nearly had a heart attack. That creature was back, illuminated by the headlights, and I could see it almost perfectly now because it was standing eerily close to my car. It was covered from head to toe in dark brown fur, and it had human-like hands ending in claws. Its face was like a dog, but the thing was standing on its hind legs, and it was so muscular. It looked straight at me, those blue eyes glaring. The creature was panting, as if it were tired or drained. My friend hit me in the shoulder, bringing me back to reality telling me to just drive. I threw it into reverse and began driving as fast as I could. And by accident, because I wasn't thinking straight, I ended up heading in the direction back to the resorts. None of us really cared, so long as we were getting out of the way of that thing. We got back to the hotel and decided to stay another night. We were in the middle of a city, surrounded by people everywhere, and I still couldn't get a wink of sleep. I stayed up and I cried, thinking of what would have happened if that random person hadn't fired their gun. I called my mom and she picked us up the next morning. We told her what happened, but she didn't believe us. She knows that I like to smoke weed, so she just blamed it on that, saying that we were high and hallucinating, but we weren't. We didn't smoke anything that night. I've told a few people since, but only my little sister believes me. And after that day, I have trouble sleeping. I can't go out in the dark. And I can't ever look at the world the same way as before. I can't even watch horror movies the same. It all feels too real. The monsters you see on TV or in the movies, some of them are more real than you could imagine. The world is a messed up place. If there are more of those things out there, I wouldn't doubt that some of the missing people cases we hear of are just those people that have become the dinner of that creature. I'm so scared all the time now. For those of you that want to see these things, I urge you to stop to think about what you want because when you're out there alone in the woods and that thing is tracking you down, odds are you won't hear it coming. And even if you do, Humans are far too weak to outrun it.
let alone fight back. So, believe me or not, just be careful when you're out in the woods. Number 5. Satan's Ridge Submitted by Timothy H. I've never been one to cower against the odds. In the face of danger, I believe I often stood my ground. Unfortunately though, that changed on one fall night in October. I was raised in a small town in Missouri. Until my parents got a divorce, we owned a farm. My dad then moved away, and my mother and I moved into an apartment in town. I hated it. I was so angry. I missed my old place, I missed those woods, and better yet, I missed the animals. Back in the good days, I would often go to my cousins out onto their property. One of our favorite pastimes was night hunting. We would go out with our 22s trying to find some coyotes to shoot. Well, on one occasion, when I was 14 years old, I was carrying my Henry 22 lever action. It wasn't much really, but it was enough to kill the coyotes. My cousins, who were both three years older than I am, had their semi-automatic 22 rifles. Being the cowboy that I was, I thought myself a pretty good tracker. We set up our camp in the field, and we all packed up at least 15 rounds on our horses. Horses usually sense things sooner than a person can, and before we set out, they were already jumpy that night. This was strange, because I'd never seen them act that way. It was roughly about nine o'clock that night. By the time we left, it was pitch black outside. And there we were, slowly making our way into the dark forest. It wasn't about a half hour later when something happened. My cousins got off their horses to take a bathroom break. I stayed on mine keeping watch, trying to stay alert. That's when I noticed a light. It was dim, as if a fire had just been put out. I told my cousins, and we made our way towards it, assuming that there were trespassers on their land. When we got there, there was blood everywhere, on the ground, on the trees, on the rocks surrounding the fireplace. It wasn't that that frightened me though. It was the asterisk on the trees, some sort of satanic symbol. They made a perfect circle with the asterisks on trees. I suggested that we get the hell out of there. I didn't believe in black magic, but it was still enough to creep me out. If there were people out here with us who believed in this kind of thing, they could be capable of some pretty awful deeds. But my cousins found a trail of blood and asked if we could follow it. Against my better judgment, I agreed. We followed the trail for a long time until we all realized that we were being followed. All of a sudden, it clicked. The fire was put out on purpose, and those that put it out were watching us at this very moment. My biggest fear was what they might have in mind for us. Almost immediately after I had that thought, we heard the most unearthly scream. Our horses bucked and jumped, and we all flew off. Somehow, though, we weren't hurt, not only that, but our guns survived as well. We stood up and grabbed our firearms and formed a triangle, all of us standing guard in each direction. 
our horses were gone. It wasn't but a split second after we stood back to back that something huge began to slowly walk towards us as if it was taunting us. We all made a break for it, going in separate directions, and that was our major mistake. A second mistake was not knowing where we were going. We were literally just running in the dark. So I stopped, trying to make sense of everything that had happened so far, and began walking and listening, until I finally found a creek bed. It was the very creek that was just before our camp. I sprinted the whole way until I got back. Sadly, my cousins weren't there, so I sat and waited for a while. I was too afraid to head back, and in my fear, my cousins could be paying the price. After what seemed like forever, I grabbed my lever action and three boxes of 50 round 22 ammunition, and I set off into the woods. I backtracked myself all the way to where we took off, and I followed the faint trail of one of my cousins. He was heading to what seemed like the road, so I followed for another 20 minutes until I heard gunshots and a scream. I ran to the noise as quick as I could. I recognized that scream. It was from one of my cousins. To my horror, I did find him, but he was unconscious, and he was hanging by his feet from a tree. I began to walk up to him, planning on cutting him down, but I didn't get 10 feet from him when the most eerie voice came from behind the tree he was hanging from. It said, Come here, child. I stood frozen, shaking from head to toe. That voice was unreal. It wasn't human. It was more like some animal bigger than I had learned to talk in a human tongue. In blinding speed, the creature darted out from behind the tree and into the surrounding woods. For about 20 seconds, I heard its quick footsteps all around me. It was mind-boggling how quickly I would hear it on one side and then suddenly on the other. No person could run that fast. Then it all stopped. The noises had vanished to my right. Quivering, I slowly rotated my head to face that direction. All I could see was an outline. That's all I needed to see. Because the creature, it towered over me even from that distance, standing about seven feet tall. I could see pointed ears and yellow eyes that reflected the moon. It was built powerfully. It stepped toward me. Now, though, its steps were completely silent. This creature could have been following any of us all along, and we would have never seen it coming. Soon, it was only a few yards away, and my body would not listen to my instincts. Was this what shock felt like? Did my body know I was about to die and paralyzed itself? Then, out of nowhere, a gunshot rang out. The creature turned its head, revealing a snout all too similar to a wolf. Then it turned and ran, disappearing into the trees. I regained control of my body again, and I cut my cousin down, only to see my other cousin running up to us with smoke spewing out of the barrel of his gun. He helped me carry my unconscious cousin back home, and thankfully, we made it back safe. We should have told their parents. I mean, he was there unconscious and injured after all, but we had no idea what we would say to them. But lucky for us, he woke up that night. 
He was shaken, but okay. He says all he can remember was running through the woods. Then he heard footsteps, and then everything went black. We each shared our stories with each other, though after that, we were all still confused as to what had happened. We didn't go to bed that night. I think we were all too scared, knowing that that thing is still out in those woods. And impossibly so, the horses made it back in one piece, not torn apart by that beast. If I had anything to be grateful about after the divorce, it's that we moved away from their land, away from Satan's Ridge.